This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 111. On today's episode, we're talking to productivity expert and romance novelist Sagan Morrow about finding your sweet spot and knowing when it's time to pivot. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is brought to you by Elite Blog Academy. And right now, we want to invite you to grab your copy of the newest edition of my best-selling book, How to Blog for Profit Without Selling Your Soul. This is the book that since 2013 has sold nearly 500,000 copies in more than 10 different languages. And now it has been completely updated and revised for 2020. Our goal at EBA is to get it into as many hands as we possibly can, which is why for a limited time, we will send it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. To grab it, simply go to eliteblogacademy.com slash book. Once again, that's eliteblogacademy.com slash book. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm a life and business coach, as well as the CEO and founder of Ruth Sukup Omnimedia and the New York Times bestselling author of seven books, including my brand new book for kids, How Big Is Your Brave? In today's episode, we're actually chatting with one of my former Elite Blog Academy students from way back, Sagan Morrow, who has since grown a thriving online business of her own as both a productivity expert and romance novelist. It is definitely a unique combination, but it's one that she has made work for her in some really cool ways, which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Because ultimately, that's exactly what this podcast is all about, too. Finding out what success means for you, even if it looks a little bit differently than it does for everyone else. After all, in the end, courage doesn't mean we're never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared, but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead. All right, guys. So as always, just a couple more quick housekeeping things before we dive into today's episode. First, you can download all the show notes for this episode by visiting doitscared.com, episode 111. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 111. Also, I just wanted to let you know, put it out there, that my brand new book for kids, How Big Is Your Brave, is now available on Amazon and everywhere else books are sold. It's actually based on the same themes of facing your fears, overcoming adversity, and creating a life you love that inspired both this podcast and my book, Do It Scared. And you guys, it is such a great way to open up the conversation with your kids about having the courage to do hard things and to keep going, to persevere, even when challenges get in your way. It's also very cute. Plus, we've got some great bonuses to go along with the book that I think your kids will love. We've got a curriculum guide. We've got an activity kit. There's even a video that's a narrated, illustrated video that your kids can watch if they can't read yet. So much fun. You can get all the info about the book 
and all the free bonuses at doitscared.com slash kids. Once again, you can get that at doitscared.com slash kids. All right. So without further ado, here is the very sweet and very amazing Sagan Morrow. Hi, Sagan. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. It's so great to have you here today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Are you excited? Are you nervous? I usually I'm ask that of so the get Ruthed, the get Ruthed people, but you're not getting Ruth today. So <laughs> this is true. This is true. I'm very excited. You know, I mean, I joined Elite Blog Academy. I think I was in the second round, maybe the third round of it. So that was many years ago. And many years ago. So yes, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to chat with you now. I know. We've never actually chatted face-to-face before. I recognize mm-hmm. your name, and I'm excited to hear all about your business. But yeah, it's definitely – you're like part of the old the old school crowd when it comes to EBA. Yes, <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's just dive in and hear your story. I would love to just kind of hear your journey, how you got to be like, – first of all, tell us who you are, what you do, and then kind of back up and start from the how you got to be doing where you are now. So whatever you feel is relevant to share, we'll go from there and and see what see where it takes us. Sure. So um, I'm a productivity strategist at saganmorrow.com. And I actually started, I started out as a health blogger back in 2008. So I have been blogging for a really long time. Uh, And it was very interesting because I started health blogging as a sort of platform because I knew that I wanted at the time to be a health writer. So I wanted to use it as kind of my portfolio. And so shortly after I started blogging in 2008, I began um, doing a lot of freelance writing and editing. Uh, I got a job in PR very shortly after that that was... um, It was a freelance gig, but it was related to the health sector. So it was really interesting to see how my blog sort of morphed into this like very large contract. And I really enjoyed freelancing at the time, but uh, there was a lot of, I was experiencing a lot of issues around working from home. And when that contract ended, as freelance contracts often do, I realized that I had no idea how to go about finding clients or working from home productively or anything like that. So I basically took the first nine to five job that I could get. And I continued freelancing on the side for a few years. And then I really realized, you know, just how much I so much more preferred owning my own business, being my own boss, making the rules, right? Being in charge of everything, having a lot of control, So I did a lot of work in terms of figuring out how to get more clients, how to really work from home productively, and all of that kind of thing. And about six years ago, I left that nine to five job, and I've been working from home full time with my own business ever since. And I've been doing a lot of like the freelance writing and editing and that kind of thing, a lot of the blogging. Uh, And then a few years ago, maybe like four years ago, a friend of mine approached me about uh, joining forces and having a business partnership together. And it was going to be a communications agency. So I decided, yeah, let's let's do this. You know, let's, you know, I'll change my solopreneur business. I'll be part of a business partnership. And so we did that for a year. And then he realized, actually, I don't want to own a business. So we dissolved that partnership. And I, yeah, I had to rebrand back into solopreneurship, which was really hard. It was very difficult because I thought that my entire life was planned out ahead of me. I thought that I would be doing this communications agency with my friend for the rest of my life. And suddenly that was no longer the plan. 
So it was really interesting and very difficult to realize I was going back to solopreneurship. And at the time, you know, my spouse, he was like, you know, Sagan, you need something that's outside of your business. You need something that's outside of the communications agency so that you're not just thinking about this, this experience of the business partnership dissolving 24-7. And he reminded me that I had been saying for years that I wanted to write novels. I want to write romance novels. And so he said, you know, now is the time you should probably do this. So I began doing that. And it was just completely separate from my business. And it was so lovely to have something to work on that wasn't anything to do with this business partnership. And so that was a couple of years ago. And it's been really interesting since then to see how much my business has pivoted because I, it was this opportunity for me when this business partnership dissolved, I realized, oh, maybe I actually don't want to do freelance work all the time. And so I really pivoted. And within the last couple of years, you know, I've written and published six novels. I launched my Indie Author Weekly podcast. I've got about 60 episodes so far. Um, and I really pivoted my business so that I spend the vast majority of my time teaching about productivity and working from home and time management for other people who are also multi-passionate creatives because I'm very multi-passionate. So that's really how I got to where I am today as a productivity strategist. I love that. I love that. And it's definitely an interesting combination of productivity expert on the one hand and then romance novelist on the other hand. <laughs> like, but <laughs> when you explain it and you explain the journey of how you got to that point, it really, it really does make sense. So how, what do you, how, what, what do you teach people specifically and what is, what's your sweet spot when it comes to, to productivity, um, in terms of who you're, who you're targeting and who you're helping and how you're helping them? Yeah. So the main thing that I really teach, um, I really focus a lot on solopreneurs and other people who are multi-passionate people who don't want to choose one particular niche, right? People who love doing all different kinds of things and they really don't want to just hone in on one particular area. So those are really the people that I teach. And my main sort of philosophy is really around the importance of energy management and creating a life and business that are very much in alignment. So ensuring that our personal goals work with our professional goals and that they are working towards sort of the same types of things um, and really helping people figure out how to create things that work well for them rather than copying and pasting what someone else does, right? Or doing whatever the, you know, this particular expert says, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. Instead of doing that, getting inspiration and ideas from other people and really customizing it to your unique situation. So the types of things that I teach is how to essentially create your own customized situation to build a very successful, profitable business, to be extremely productive and to still have the energy to do all different types of things in your life and your business. You can, you know, enjoy hobbies, enjoy spend, spending time with loved ones while still making really great progress with your business. I love that. So what, where do you tell people to start? Like let's, if you have, if you're someone that's listening right now, you've got all these different things that you want to do. You love, you know, you've, you, you're creative on the one hand, you want to build a business on the other hand, you've got all these ideas. You don't even know wh which one to focus on or where to, where to, where to focus your energy and your attention and your time. How do you, how do you know how to create or where to even start with creating a system? What's your advice for that? There's kind of 
two main things that I recommend. And the first one is to understand your unique productivity style. And this is something that I teach inside my signature program, Productivity Powerhouse. But it's really about, um, you know, figuring out your learning style and figuring out what works best for you in terms of the way that you organize yourself and all of that. So, um, I mean, even as simple as figuring out if you prefer paper systems versus online systems and why you prefer one or the other, um, identifying, you know, the types of people that you've enjoyed working with in the past as your clients and moving forward in that sense. So understanding your personal productivity style, super important. Um, and the other piece is creating a very comprehensive business plan. So really getting into that, you know, I really like taking um, a business retreat to do this. You can do this on your own. Uh, I, I love the whole concept around doing a solo business retreat. And it's really about diving in and really asking yourself a lot of um, important questions around what do I really truly want from my personal life and from my professional life and moving forward from there. Because as soon as we understand, you know, those kind of deeper um, concepts, then we can understand the action steps that we need to take to get there. Mm -hmm. And how do you take, how do you translate what you want into action? Well, let's see. Okay. Um, If we have, trying to think of a, of a good example. If we have like any particular thing that you want, right? If we want, uh, let's say, let's say I want to um, write a book next year, right? Um, then it's really about looking backwards to see, okay, how long is this kind of thing going to take me, right? Like if, if that is, you know, one particular goal that I have, it's a shorter term goal, but it's really about working backwards to figure out what steps do I need to take to get me to that point, right? How long do I sort of roughly have to uh, expect that different parts of this will take me, right? How much time is it going to take? How much creative energy is it going to take? Do I even have the capacity to do that? Are there other things in my life or business that need to change if this is a priority for me to create more of that energy so that I'm not just feeling tired all the time, right? And so that Mm -hmm. I actually have the energy to be able to do it. Um, what skill sets do I need to develop? What um, can I delegate or outsource um, or let go of in my business? What is maybe not contributing to my longer term business priorities and goals, but is actually maybe not necessary to do at all? So really working backward and creating that sort of task list and ongoing piece to ensure that everything is working towards that same thing, that makes a really big difference. Mm-hmm. Does that answer yeah, your so, and, yeah, it totally yeah. answered my question. So, getting clear about what is this bigger thing that you want to do, but then breaking it down into more. Okay, now if there's this thing that I want to do, that and creating the action steps and the milestones that need to happen along the way. Yeah. That all makes sense. But then, how do you translate that into, or what's your advice for translating that into? daily action or sort of like on a daily basis, even if you have this big thing that you want to accomplish, but you're a a creative, multi-passionate person and you've got, you still love all these different things. So how do you stay focused on this one thing when all these other things are competing for your time and attention and energy? 
Oh, I love this question. Okay, there's many <laughs> different things that we can do. So here are just a few of the ideas. Um, one thing that can be very helpful is to designate certain days of the week or certain times of day to different tasks, right? So um, really ensuring that you're taking the decision-making out of the process, which can be a huge weight on our shoulders, right? If we are constantly thinking about, oh, what should I be working on today? Should I work on this versus that? If you already know exactly what you're supposed to work on different times of day or different days of the week, then you don't have to worry about that. And it frees up, again, that sort of creative capacity, that that energy or bandwidth to be able to work on whatever projects it is that you want to work on. I also recommend doing things um, in order of routine. So if you're if your day-to-day life is shifting a lot um, and you can't really stick to a particular schedule, you can still do things in a certain order, right? So you can still know that every day you're working on, um, first you're going to do client work, then you're going to check emails, and then you're going to post on social media. It doesn't matter what time of day that happens, but that is the order of operations. And when we're looking at our long-term priorities and working backwards, we can look at, okay, how do how does my, if I have a five-year goal, how does that break down into a one-year goal? And does my one-year goal contribute towards that five-year goal, right? And then breaking that down mm-hmm. further into a six-month and three-month and, and even smaller. I really enjoy doing weekly audits as a way to check in with the process on an ongoing basis. So looking at, okay, what did I accomplish last week? What did I say I was going to do and I didn't do? Why did one thing work? Why did another thing not work? How do I feel about what I was doing? And based on all of that information and looking at like the data and all of that type of thing, what am I going to do this coming week to work towards my larger priorities? Um, And how am I going to pivot and plan accordingly? I'm a really big fan of using your business plan as a tool in your business and ensuring that it, like, it is an organic living document. It's not something that should be you know, boring or gathering dust in a drawer. It really needs to be something that you're looking at on an ongoing basis. So doing a weekly audit, a sort of weekly check-in can be a great way to connect back to your business plan and really keep top of mind, what is my number one priority or my you know, top three priority type of things for my entire life and my business and and, and what I what I'm working on right now is that actually contributing to the, towards those things or is it just busy work that isn't actually yeah. getting me towards those things so I love that recognizing idea the difference doing, is important yeah I love that idea of doing a weekly a weekly audit because I think that's so often true it's so easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of all the stuff that you're doing and the busy work and the stuff that comes out and the putting out fires and then if you're a creative on top of that there's all these new ideas and new things that that come up all the all the time too that you're contending with so where your energy tends to go all over the place and it's if you if you are looking back on a regular basis and making that a habit of saying, okay, how did I do? Knowing it's not going to be, this is not like slamming myself, getting down on myself time. This is assessment. Where do I need to tweak? Where do I need to adjust so that I can move forward and maybe do a little bit better next week? I really, I really like that. I like the term weekly audit. I have never really called it that, but I think, I think I might start calling it that. (laughs) I like it. So I want to back up a little bit and ask you about your the partnership that you were in with your business partnership and the dissolution of that. I'm curious with it, having the decision come from 
your partner saying that he no longer wanted to do the do the business with you. Was there ever an option for for you to continue it without him, or was it just was it just we've got to stop this and we're, we can't do anything? Like how did how did that work? You know, it was actually it was very it was kind of funny because when he first approached me with the idea of having a communications agency together. At the time, I was actually moving away from doing freelance work. So I was actually moving into, I was getting so many questions from other freelancers asking, how do you find clients? How do you work from home productively? All of these different types of things. People were asking me these types of questions. And I was already starting to teach online courses. And I had written a book, The Business of Writing and Editing. And so I was doing these different parts of my business. And I was thinking at the time that I wanted it to be a larger part of the business. So I was actually thinking about stepping away from freelance work. And then he approached me and he said, how about we join forces, start a communications agency, and basically it would be like all freelance work essentially, right? And I said, you know, like this wasn't really my plan moving forward, but I feel like this would be a lot of fun to do with you. I think that this could be a very different approach to it. And I might, and like it it could change everything, right? So when we did it together, Like when he stepped away, he said, okay, we have a couple of options. Like you can buy me out and keep the company or we can just dissolve it completely. And I said, well, I didn't, I didn't really want this anyways in the first place. Like this was something that you came to me for and and it seemed like a wonderful idea to do together, but it's not something that I really wanted to do by myself. So yeah. So right off the bat, I, I knew that I didn't want, and I also it's difficult too when you have a joint business with someone else and to experience that uh, they no longer want to do it. I, I felt I didn't want to be a part. I didn't want to have that as my main focus all the time. I didn't want to be reminded on a daily basis that my business partner was no longer in business yeah. with me. Yeah. So you were just ready to do, ready to move on and do something else. Yes. So how long did it take you to sort of make that pivot to go from, okay, I just, you know, changed my whole life, changed my whole business model, started this business. I've been working in it for a year, thought I had a plan and now I don't have a plan anymore. How long did it take you to go from that, like that freak out panic mode? I'm assuming, yes. I, I'm just assuming how I would react <laughs> to something like that to now here's my next, here's my next move. I mean, I started, it was pretty quick, like within, I mean, basically immediately I started the rebranding process back towards my solopreneur business, but it took me, I would say a good year of getting, of working through the, um, the hurt and the anxiety and all of those pieces, the entire rebranding process took me a good year to go through Wow! Um, because we had rebranded. We basically taken my solopreneur business and we rebranded it into the business partnership and my solopreneur business I've had for over a decade. So we had rebranded all of that over the course of the year. And suddenly I had to oh, man. Re- like redo all of that rebrand, <sighs> which was undo just, it all? Uh, yes, what it was a, a headache. It was such yeah. a pain. But yeah, it took me a, a good year to really figure out, okay, now I've rebranded into my solopreneur business. Now what do I want to do? What makes the most sense for me? And it was really when I did my um, solo business retreat, it was a three-day sort of process last year that I did that. And I really figured out, oh, the main thing that I want to do 
is this productivity and time management and teaching other people about how to be multi-passionate because somehow while going through, you know, again, a lot of anxiety and mental health issues and rebranding this business, I was also able to take on more freelance client work. I was able to start a weekly podcast. I was able to write and publish books, right? I was able to do all these different pieces and I realized, mm-hmm. yeah, this So you were still productive. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's a big thing and so many people don't know how to do this and I realized that yes. is what I need to do. Yeah, that's your sweet spot. Interesting. <laughs> so it's really interesting to think about it just even in terms of where we're at right now in the world with what's happening with COVID-19, coronavirus, and just it's changed. I mean, it's changed the pro- the world of productivity. I'm curious. I have a couple questions related to that specifically. Like, first of all, has this affected your business in any way, either for better or for worse? Or has it changed your approach? What are you seeing now for the business owners that you mentor, and what would you ha- what advice would you have for for especially for solopreneurs who are trying to navigate where they're at right now in the world with within in light of everything that's happening with with COVID nineteen? I haven't seen my, my business has remained much the same which has been, I'm very grateful for. Um, Certainly more people need work at home resources and more people need productivity tips and that kind of thing, which, um, which I can help with, which is very lovely. So I have, you know, had more people coming to me. Um, My, my, but my business and my messaging and my marketing, honestly, it has not changed uh, because this is just what I do. Right. So that's, that's stayed fairly, fairly, um, fairly the same. What I would recommend for other solopreneurs is to be very, very cognizant of your energy. We are collectively going through an identity crisis right now. We are collectively experiencing um, very low energy. Our, Our capacity, our bandwidth for doing different things is so much lower than it would be at any other time in our lives. So being very gentle and kind to yourself and really taking this 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 as an opportunity to check in and see am i happy with where my life and my business are going am i happy about this direction does this does this direction make sense for me or is there something that i want to change as business owners we need to be flexible regardless of the season that we're in regardless of what's going on around the world so tapping into that and just you know again honoring what we're feeling, what we're going through, being aware with what our energy is at and following where that, where that goes. That's, mm-hmm. that's so important. And I would think that, I mean, and this is something that you've experienced a lot too. It's a time where a lot of people are probably thinking about pivoting and going, okay, now the, like nothing looks the way I thought it was going to look. Either my job's been eliminated or I'm working from home and realizing that maybe I could do my own business or maybe I could do something else in life. So how does someone – like what are the signs that tell you it is time to pivot? If you're If you're kind of starting to have these like questions about life, what are the signs that tell you it is time to pivot and how do you – how how do you how do you move from there? What do you what do you do to take action once you real record? Is there a surefire way to know? Yep, it's time, or is it just a guess? I find that when you have more bad days than good days in a row, that is a sign 
that you need to pivot. Mm. So this is something that this was one of the big things that made me realize that I had to leave my nine to five job. I realized I was waking up every morning and I was dreading going to work or, you know, Sunday night, I'd be like, oh, I have to go to work tomorrow. And this happened on a like on a large, like very long basis. And we all have bad days. We all have bad weeks. But when it's going on for a longer period of time and you have more bad days than good days, when you wake up in the morning and you aren't happy or excited about what the day is bringing for you, that is a sign to pivot. I would recommend, you know, don't rush into something. You know, don't, I'm often telling my clients, you know, planning without taking action is just as problematic as taking action without planning. You need to be very strategic and intentional with the actions that you take. Um, So you don't want to just suddenly, you know, throw everything out the window and make a huge change. Instead, you know, it's really about playing with things, adding adding a little piece, exploring how that goes for you. Oh, I actually do like that a lot more. But really recognizing when something is more of a shiny object versus something that you actually want to do. And again, like doing these weekly audits is such a game changer for me and and for many of my clients as well, because it really does enable you to, to check in with yourself on that ongoing basis to really be like, wait, I have been postponing doing this particular thing for the past like five months or something. I keep saying I want to do it and then I don't do it. Why am I not doing it? Right. And so, and really looking at, oh, I said, you know, I've said five times in the past couple of months that this wasn't exciting me. Well, maybe I need to pay attention to that and do something about that. It's probably time to pivot and it's probably time to really get into what specifically do I not like about one thing or do I like about another thing? Mm, Yeah, so good. So let's talk a little bit more about fear in your life and your career. This is the Do It Scared podcast, so I always like to go there a little bit. What – do you know your fear archetype, first of all? And have you seen that play out? How have you seen that play out in your life, in your business? And or what's something that's really scared you? And how have you how have you addressed it? Yeah, so I think what I I took the I took the test and I think that most of mine were like fairly fairly similar. Even? Like they were very yeah, quite even. Um I think the biggest one was procrastinator. And I was thinking to myself, that doesn't make sense. I was like, I don't procrastinate. Like the actually one of the things that I've often found is one of my strengths is that I'm very action oriented. You know, I'm mm-hmm. when I decide to do something, I do it. But then I realized it was quite funny when I was going through it because I realized, oh, it's because I channel my procrastination tendencies into particular areas. So for example, I weirdly, with a burning passion, cannot stand running errands. I hate running errands. And (laughs) I will procrastinate doing that for as long as possible. And same with like personal admin sort of stuff, you know, I Mm -hmm. just don't like doing it. And so I procrastinate on those particular areas, which then gives me the space to be extremely action oriented in other aspects, ah, especially with my business. Interesting. So you're right. using it almost as like a strength, not a weakness. Exactly. I like that. I like it. And I think that this is one of the really cool things about any of our weaknesses, right? Once we mm-hmm. identify what our weaknesses are, then we can do something about them. Then we can yes. either um, 
you know, like adjust it by focusing more on a strength, right? So we can balance it out or we can reframe our weakness and explore how can we turn this into a strength? And there's so much power in that. There's so much power in reframing things. Yes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I talk about that a lot with the fear archetypes because each one has positive qualities that are actually serving you and they have negative qualities that are maybe holding you back. So for instance, procrastinators tend to be want to overplan things and tend to want everything to be just so before they before they do move forward. So there's peace, but they also do really high quality work and they tend to have a great attention to detail. And so it's it's really a matter of figuring out, okay, what are the pieces of this quality in my life that are serving me and helping me and and helping me to be more effective and better at what I do because those are the those are strengths. There's it's a double-edged sword and I want to utilize those good pieces and figure out how to mitigate the parts that are maybe not helping me as much because nothing is nothing is completely black and white. It's not all good, it's not all bad. And you have to and that's really what it, when it comes to overcoming fear, it's it's doing exactly that. Is knowing what piece of this helps me and what piece is not. Which sounds like a lot of what you talk about as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also so important to really get on get to the root of anything, right? Because so often we think that something is happening, but it's really just a symptom of a deeper issue, right? I mean, you know, perfectionism is a great example of that. Perfectionism, I often say perfectionism doesn't really exist because it's just a symptom of a root cause, which is often some kind of fear, right? Like it's it's often very, very fear-based. And so when we can really get into those types of things. And when we can really understand, okay, what is actually going on here? Then we can deal with it. Then we can actually process it, which is very exciting. But first we have to acknowledge what our weaknesses are and what's actually going on. And that can be, that can be scary in and of itself. Yeah. That's scary just in and and of itself. So do you have any other things that have really scared you in your, in your business that, that you've been working to work through or overcome? So one of the things that I found really interesting when I was doing my business retreat uh, last year, I knew at the time that I wanted to do a lot of collaborations. I want to do a lot of joint webinars because I, you know, I used to do this many years ago and I really enjoyed it. I loved it. But for some reason, I had been postponing doing it. I'd been procrastinating on it actually for months, even though I knew it was something that would be very helpful for my business. It'd be really great. And so at my business retreat, I sat down and I said, okay, we need to figure out what's going on here. Why do I keep procrastinating on it? And I realized it kind of came down to, you know, three, three key pieces, which is really trust and energy and tech. So the first one with like trust, I was having such a hard time trusting anyone because of this business partnership issue, right? And so I really needed to go down that rabbit hole and figure out how can I learn how to trust people again. And I realized that so much of it was that I really had to learn how to trust myself again. So once I was able to, you know, explore that, that really made a difference. Yeah. And really like it it is so much about like taking these, these obstacles. Yeah. Like for me, again, it was trust and energy and the tech side of things and figuring out how can we make these obstacles? How can I make them easier on me, more enjoyable, more accessible, right? Getting past those kinds of things. It's, I think the tech one, it's interesting that you would say that because I think the tech side of 
of things, especially when it comes to starting a business or doing online business things that scares so many people and holds them back so much. So how I'm curious, how did you work through that one specifically? That one, I, when I, when I used to do webinars back in the day, I created them <laughs> in, you know, like the YouTube live with chat tango and like, it was like that whole sort of concept oh all like cobbled together, Old right? Old school. Like this was quite a few yeah. years back. <laughs> And, and the, and I mean, with my business partnership, he was the tech person. So he had dealt Ah. with the tech for the entire time. And suddenly I was like, oh no, I have to do tech on my own. And, but like, and so I was looking into, I was like, okay, how do I cobble these pieces together? And then I was like, wait a second, Sagan, you can just buy, you can buy webinar software. (laughs) So I got Demio and that has been absolutely amazing. So investing a little bit of money into that made such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the tech side of things as well, one of the, one of the other pieces that I managed to sort of work around was with my Indie Author Weekly podcast. When I was first starting it, it was just, it actually started out as these, um, email newsletters. And then the text got so long that I was like, I'll do them as audio recordings instead. And then someone reached out and they were like, these audio recordings are awesome. Like you should definitely turn this into a podcast. And I was like, oh no, the tech, the tech is scary. And then I was like, wait a second. It doesn't have to be this intimidating thing. Like it's actually pretty straightforward to, to do a podcast with the tech side of it. And I also realized that I didn't need to do things like have a fancy intro and I didn't need to have a podcast editor because I script everything out ahead of time and my podcast mm-hmm. episodes are 10 to 20 minutes long. It's just me talking. So figuring out all of these little details and realizing, okay, I don't want to edit a podcast. Well, maybe I actually don't need to because of the I'll do it a certain way that doesn't require that. And yeah, yeah I don't want to have to splice the episode together with intro music and all that. Well, who says I need to do intro music? I can do a podcast my own way. And right. some of the feedback I've gotten from people is that they actually really enjoy that it's, you know, very bare bones, very talking. simple. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And I think I love the way that you've started dissecting this specifically. I mean, any fear, any struggle that you're, that you're having or any roadblock that you're coming into, really dissecting it and coming up with the solutions or not the solutions, but the actual issues that are happening. Okay, what is it about this thing that is blocking me? What is what is happening right now that I am avoiding this or not wanting to move forward or not wanting to take action on this particular step? And sometimes you do have to do that, is just break it down to the simplest possible solutions um, and issues so that you can find those simple solutions and it makes all the difference. Because yeah, when it especially when it comes to tech, there are there are pretty much solutions for all of those issues out there. Yes. And too often in our businesses, we overcomplicate things completely mm-hmm. unnecessarily. So yes. much of business can actually be done like it can really be simplified. We don't need so to true. overcomplicate things. Oh my gosh, that is so true. So I think I've shared that this on the podcast before, but my my theme for the year, my word for the year is easy. My phrase is let it be easy, which is comes from my friend Susie Moore, who's been who's been a guest on this podcast many times. And um, she says that all the time. She's like, Ruth, you just got to let it be easy. Let it be easy. Let it be easy. So finally, I'm like, this is my year. I'm going to let it be easy. 
And it is amazing because now we're here, what are we, entering month five of the year. And I am finally, after months of telling myself this, I have it plastered on my walls. I have it as my screensaver. I have it all over the place. It is finally starting to sink in of like, oh, I don't have to make things so hard. I think we just do it naturally. We do it to ourselves. We make things harder than they have to be. And sometimes you can just let it be easy. Yes. I love that. I love it. I love it. All right. So what's next for you? What, you know, you've gone through this big business transformation. You've, you've done this huge pivot. That's a huge deal. You've kind of figured out the path that you're on. Where is that leading you? What's, what's next and what projects are you working on right now that you're super excited about? You know, I, I'm really, I'm really excited to do a lot more with the novels. I would like for it to be a larger part of my business to really, you know, pay a much larger portion of my salary. So continuing on with that, and I really enjoy writing romantic comedies, but there's a lot of different genres I want to play with, um, with writing fiction. So that's a really big piece. Another big piece that I really want to do is travel the world once, you know, things, things <laughs> calm down can. a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but travel the world and, and really do a lot of speaking engagements at different conferences and teach people all over the world about productivity and time management, um, you know, really empowering people to understand that you can make your own rules. You can create an entire life and business doing whatever makes your heart happy, as I like to say. And so being able to do much more of this to really expand the reach and help even more people, that to me is a big thing. I just, you know, productivity to me is all about self-care and it's it's really again about making your heart happy and just doing what lights you up so that every day you wake up with a smile on your face and the more that we can sort of figure that out whatever that means for us in our own lives the better so that's really my my big thing that I just want to do so much more of I love it I love that so much okay big question ask everybody who comes on the Do It Scared podcast. You probably know what it is. Hopefully you're prepared. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received and why? Okay. So the best piece of advice that I've ever received is something that a client said. And she she actually was part of my initial book launch team with the business of writing and editing. And then she took one of my freelance courses and she quit her job. And became a freelancer and now she's like a very successful artist um and she told me that part of what helped her to make that leap from her nine to five job to freelancing full-time is that life is too short but also too long not to live your life the way you want and that was what she said and i just think that that is so true and so beautiful. And we often don't really think about it from that perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So we often don't think about, we often think about, oh, life is, life is really short. We don't think about the fact that it's also really long. And if you don't do what you love to do, that's really unfortunate because you're going to have, that's going to be a lot of years ahead of you that you will not be happy and that you will maybe resent the people around you because you didn't take the action and make the choices that would you know, again, light you up. So that's, I think that's the best piece of advice. I've, I've held on to that for quite a few years now. I really enjoy it. I love that. Life is too long and also too short to not do what you want. So true. Words <laughs> to live by. <laughs> Sagan, it was so great to talk to you today. Is there anything else you want to know? And then let us know where we can find you online. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I do have, I have a free business planning retreat workshop. So I want to share that with people. So um, it's all about, you know, the guided questions to ask yourself during your weekly audits and how to create your own solo business retreat, all of that kind of stuff, which can really help you figure out what you most want in your life and your business and how to get there. Um, So you can grab that at saganmorrow.com slash retreat. Um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram and Twitter, so you can hang out with me there. I, I talk a lot about productivity. Um, I'm at Sagan Lives, and I also have a lot of productivity um, blog posts and other resources on my website. I've, I've specifically included them all on a work-at-home resources page, some of the some of the best ones. So you can grab those at saganmorrow.com slash resources. Um, you know, and I just want to say that the more that we honor how we feel and what we're going through and where our energy is at, the more that we can really do something about it. And, you know, really tapping into what do you actually want from your life and business and being very intentional and mindful about all of the choices that you make. This is, this is your life. This is your business. And you get to make your own rules. You get to be the one who makes your own decisions. So, making sure that you are doing the things that you actually want. That's, that's really important. I love it. I love it. Sagan, thank you so much. And we will make sure that we also link to everything that you just mentioned in our show notes for the show. So uh, guys, Sagan Morrow, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. So don't forget that if you would like to get all the show notes for this episode, along with all the links to everything we just talked about, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 111. Once again, get all the show notes and links to everything we talked about at doitscared.com slash episode 111. And while you're there, be sure to also check out my brand new kids book, How Big Is Your Brave? You can find that at doitscared.com slash kids. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash kids. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today, any other topics you'd like to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast, please feel free to reach out. You can email me at ruth at ruthsukup.com or you can send me a message on Instagram. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Zuka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would post a review on iTunes. And then while you're there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week for another Get Ruthed coaching session. Oh my goodness, guys, you never quite know what's going to come out in these sessions, but you do know it is always going to be good. So I will catch you then.